0: Hello, and welcome to How to Get Unstuck with Helen Thomas, the podcast that explores how and why you might be feeling stuck in your life, career, or business and what to do about it. I'm your host, Helen Thomas, a career and business coach who supports professionals and business owners to think differently about what's possible, get unstuck, and create a meaningful and successful working life they love. I've been stuck, and I realized it's a common experience that can turn up in your life, your career, your relationships, personal growth, or many other places often when you least expect it. But I want you to know this, being stuck isn't a permanent condition, it's a feeling and it can be changed. Join me each week as I speak with experts about their experiences with feeling stuck and the practical strategies they recommend to help you break free from uncertainty so you can get unstuck and create your unstoppable momentum. And now for today's episode. Please be advised today's episode includes references to divorce, relationship breakdown, and domestic violence. Hello and welcome to this episode of How To Get Unstuck. I'm your host, Helen Thomas, and today my guest is an expert in an area that can bring even the strongest amongst us to a screeching halt. Becca Maxwell is on a mission to change the narrative around divorce and separation. She is incredibly accomplished, a consultant, a coach, and a mentor. She's also the founder of the Do Divorce Right online business and podcast, Becca says, divorce can be a shit show, and she should know having experienced divorce not once, but twice. The second time drawing out over a number of years involving a lengthy court case, financial troubles, and custody challenges. It's a testament to her resilience and strength of character that she came out the other side of this challenge with greater financial stability, a fantastic partner, a beautiful blended family, and a life that she loves, all without stooping to dirty tactics throughout the process. She's built her business on creating a safe space and community for women to support each other through very trying situations, to be surrounded by cheerleaders and to find the inner strength They need to keep going when things feel tough. Becca describes herself as a serial expat, having lived in England, Scotland, Greece, the Netherlands, Singapore and Australia. I hope I've captured them all. And in some instances, it's been this distance from home and family that has caused her to feel stuck. Stuck experiencing domestic violence on the other side of the world in her first marriage and feeling stuck in Singapore during her second divorce because her ex-husband wouldn't let her leave the country with their children. Through her experiences, Becca developed all of the strategies, mindset hacks, tools and mantras she now shares with her clients and community. Becca exudes such a lovely, calm energy, it's difficult to believe she has experienced so much pain but it's this energy that allows her to be such a breath of fresh air in an arena that is traditionally somewhat combative and lacking in empathy and integrity. No one really sets out in marriage with anything but the best of intentions. However, with one in three first marriages and two in three second marriages ending in divorce, it's a very common place to find yourself and to end up feeling stuck through the process. I'm looking forward to unpacking how we can position ourselves to think differently about divorce and separation and see it as the opening of a new chapter rather than a full stop. Becca Maxwell. Welcome to How to Get Unstuck.
1: Helen, thank you so much for having me. It's really odd hearing your story kind of repeated back to you You think, oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah, mm, <laughs> did that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't know that I'm an expert on getting unstuck, but I've certainly had to unstuck myself a few times. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I, I guess you gather wisdom through the process, right? You probably exactly. got a tool or two in your toolkit these days that you might not have had for before. Sure. So. Let's dive in and talk a little bit about your experiences of feeling stuck in whatever sort of form they've taken over time.
1: Sure, sure. Just
0: Which one? Which one fascinates <laughs> you the most? You tell me which one you want me to talk about. Well, I about. think, you know, given we're talking <laughs> about relationships and divorce, yeah. I think if you're comfortable, let's chat a bit about those.
1: Sure. So let's talk about the first, my first divorce, my first marriage. I was in my early 20s fell head over heels in love, whirlwind romance, decided we you know, how could you possibly have this kind of passion and not want to live together forever? So, wrapped that all up in a wedding and a marriage, and then a few months into it, the reality was very, very different and we just didn't have the emotional maturity to deal with our own stuff and it got pretty ugly pretty fast. So, I was certainly stuck like I was physically stuck I was financially stuck. I was mentally stuck. I was in a very, very rural area living in an abusive relationship and it was terrifying. So financially, I didn't have the resources to be able to get myself out of that. Uh, It was terrifying and I knew I really had no option but to leave because physically I needed to leave to look after myself. So I actually asked a... You know, I guess when you find yourself in a situation where there is no other option, then you will find a way to get unstuck, right? I, my options were to stay, and and I really genuinely thought I would die in that situation. So there was no option but to get away out. And I asked a girlfriend. She wasn't a close girlfriend. She was actually a colleague who was a friend of a friend who I knew didn't have anything on that weekend. And I was like, hey, we get along well. Would you come with me to my house and help me pack some suitcases so I can leave? And she was like, what? (laughs) Who says no to that, right? There's almost nobody who's going to say, no, I can't help you in your time of desperate need. So this relative stranger came to my very, very rural home stayed with me while I packed up two suitcases and I left and I went to stay with another relative stranger because I'd asked around and said, does anyone have a room to spare, a a room, spare room that I can rent Um, and was introduced to somebody within the organization that I was working in at the time who had a spare room. And I, you know, turned up with these two suitcases and thought, well, this is it, right? This is the start of something new. And I think I rented that room only for a couple of weeks or months. To be honest with you, that whole period is so very blurry that I was clearly just functioning day by day. There was nothing strategic about it. There was nothing well thought through. I was just functioning. And I went on, obviously, to rent a much nicer place and develop beautiful friendships and, and rebuild my life from essentially nothing. But that was, that was one situation that I felt very physically yeah. stuck in.
0: And that's and that's interesting, right? because I guess a lot of the conversations that I have with people around feeling stuck is it's a feeling more than more than it is an actual fact, and in yeah. your case, it was a fact because it was a geographical situation and a physical situation so at that point, getting through was basically what what sort of sucked you through that process? Do you think it was just focusing on coming out the other side one step at a time?
1: I think it was really just focusing on what action can I take right now? Yeah, Because I was, like I said, on the other side of the world and so I had no family nearby. My friendships had been developed through that relationship, so I had no core friendships that I could rely on either. So it was just looking at what options are available to me and I need to just, you know, latch onto an option and just take it. Yeah. So it was one foot in front of the other, literally like, what can I do today? Yeah. And it was, I need to function. I need to get to work to be able to earn some money, to be able to pay for this spare room that I'm in. I need to then, you know, start recollecting Things that I'd have to leave, I'd left behind. Yeah. Right. There was some heartbreaking. Obviously, I had to grieve the relationship. I had to grieve the idea that I was going to live happily ever after with this fairy tale story of love and marriage. Yes. The narrative I'd created for myself. Right. And I had to grieve that narrative. I had to grieve the marriage and the future that I had hoped for myself. But I also had to grieve the stuff that I left behind, including. A pet, my beautiful dog, Tilly. Like I I had to grieve all of that too. Yeah. So I think when you're in such a space of urgency, it's one step at a time, yeah.
0: Yeah. And so the things that had held you there before, I mean, before it became literally a sort of life and death decision the the concerns that you had had previously about leaving so the things mm. like the financial side of things and everything else that you were reliant in the relationship on how did you find that work through on the other side. So I guess what I'm asking is, you know, were they as bad as you thought they would be? Or how did you deal with that once you came out the other side?
1: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Always on reflection, we look back and think that was much easier than I had anticipated it was going to be. Yeah, we, we tend to create hurdles or expectations of hurdles that this is going to be the hardest, most challenging, scary thing. I can't possibly put myself, you know, through that or I'm not gonna be able to cope. And then you get through it and you think, oh shit. <laughs> Did that. That wasn't so bad. And collected some good stories along the way and yeah, survived it and began to thrive. And I think it took a, quite a long time because I'm, my situation was fairly extreme, right? Yeah. But I now look back on that. It, it was fairly quick going from going from feeling like I had no choice or even, I think you just asked me to reflect even a little bit earlier, Or why didn't I leave before it got to that position? Yeah. The thing I was holding on to, the thing that stopped me, I think, from taking action was holding on to a narrative that just didn't make any sense. Yeah. This idea that I wanted to be the story of happily ever after with the big love of my life, yeah. right? And I stopped paying attention to the facts, what was actually happening in front of me because I wanted that story to be true
0: yeah. more
1: than I wanted my reality to be true. So that that was probably what created the stuckness Yeah. before we got into the situation that I had no option but to unstuck.
0: And so then when you sort of had issues in the second marriage did you think or were you able to kind of recognize the signs because you'd been through a situation before or was that just a completely different situation
1: entirely different obviously I'd grown I was much older there was no evidence of the same kind of behavior I did still hold on to that narrative of oh my god I can't Make, like, I can't have two. <laughs> I, can't, I can't fail at this twice. So, again, I was kind of holding on to a narrative that felt really important. Yeah. But the difference was I tried everything in my toolkit to make it work. You know, I went to therapy for two years. I was having open conversations about how can we make this better? How can we make it work? What What can I do differently? How can I make you happy? And I chose to unstuck that marriage. Give him the gift of happiness, right? It was clear we were unhappy together. And I felt that his opportunity to go on and have a better life without me was greater than me holding on to a narrative that was keeping us all miserable. That's how I felt at the time. Obviously it turned into a whole other thing, but <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had decided that it was the best thing for everybody and it would um it would make us all happier rather than being stuck.
0: Having come out the other side of some of these mm. fairly difficult mm. situations, what drove you to support other people experiencing similar things?
1: So I really observed that there's a stigma around divorce. so that was obviously the, the things that was trying to anchor me to stay where I was where you need to hold on to making it work. There's a pressure if you leave, you' you've failed at something, divorces are ugly and horrible. you're you know life is going to be worse financially. it's going to be worse in all of the ways. Your family's not going to like you, you're going to lose friends, you're going to lose everything. And it just wasn't the case. It, it simply wasn't true. I went on to have a more beautiful life. I found better friendships. You know, my children are thriving and happier. So as I was, I guess going through these really difficult situations and I was reimagining these narratives, I was I was able to challenge them and think, well, why is that the way we talk about divorce? Why do we call it a failed marriage? It doesn't make any sense to me. Actually, I see people who, divorce after 10 years together, why can't we call that a successful relationship that has naturally ended so that the two of them can go on to have other successful relationships? I think, and I became quite passionate about that because people thrive when they have options, right? That people do thrive when they make choices out of love instead of fear. And that choice to evolve and move on to a life and make us all happier is a choice I made out of love. If I'd stayed in that marriage and we were all really unhappy and raising my children in an environment where they're seeing people not thriving, that's a choice of fear. And I was like, okay, okay, we we got some
0: work to do here, people. I can help with this. <laughs> <laughs> and so, because obviously you've got yourself, you've got a sort of corporate background. What yes. kind of made you think, I'm going to dive into this and kind of make this my yeah. my thing, my business?
1: Well, there were a couple of things. So my corporate background has always been in client relationships. So I've been working in the advertising world for a long time, and I managed client relationships at a fairly senior level. And then I became a COO and operational lead. And then I became a consultant to agencies on how to have client re- great client relationships. So a relational intelligence consultant. And I was teaching them how do you build resilience in your teams? How do you manage conflict in a healthy way? How do you meet someone in an adult situation, meaning how do you get out of kind of those uh, ego states of adapted child or critical parent? How How do you have an adult to an adult conversation to be able to keep things calm? How do you manage your triggers and your bias and all of this? And executive coaching was all in that as well. And I'm learning this and teaching it as I was going through the second divorce, which got very ugly, like that gift of joy that I thought I was giving our family became a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> And so I'm teaching all of these models and actually applying them in my life at the same time, which meant that even though there was so much ugliness through the courts, I was still thriving. I was still smiling, bringing joy into my home, still managing to rebuild from financial challenges. I was like, there's something in this. If I'm able to get through what I got through, smiling and happy and well and healthy, I feel like I need to, again, pass that gift along and teach people to be able to do that. So I was really motivated then to to teach others how to do the same thing.
0: I kind of love that transition because it's often out of our own experience that we kind of realise that what's there is so important to others. And I've, I've been divorced, it's been a while ago now, and mine was fairly yeah. simple in all, all the circumstances. But Yeah, there's nothing, there was nothing really around to support you through that process. And there is, as you said, a real stigma around divorce. I remember, you know, having to call my parents to tell them what was going Mm. on, having to call our mutual friends to tell them what was Mm. going on. And all of that felt incredibly difficult. And there's not really any kind of blueprint about how to go about it. Even if, as you said, the relationship, It's just coming to a natural conclusion. So I kind of love the way you're dealing with this in this way. Mm Feeling trapped, unhappy or bored with your work? Imagine finally figuring it all out and designing a career that works for you, on your terms. If you're done waiting, wishing and hoping for the right next move to magically appear, it's time to take back control of your professional story. Get clear on what you want, feel confident about your decisions and achieve your version of success. Recharge Your Career is a self-paced online program for professionals and business owners who are fed up feeling stuck and want to design a working life that feels meaningful and successful. This is the program you need to start thinking differently, kickstart your mojo and uplevel your working life. Don't waste any more time. Let's create a career you'll love. Head to rechargeyourcareer.com.au to get started today. You speak a lot about, you know, we talk about the stigma, the expectations that exist what do you consider to be kind of the main myths and misconceptions around divorce and separation?
1: Essentially that it has to be ugly and yep. that, that that somebody needs to win at the expense of somebody else, right? There's a winner or a loser. Yeah. And I think one of the areas in which I'm really trying hard to change that is in creating what I call expanders. So I'm sure you've use this expression yourself. If you can't see it, you can't be it, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to put as many models of positive divorce out into the world and sharing these models so that others can learn from them and realize, oh, it's possible. And I don't just mean that, look at me, I'm all happy. And even though it was a, a horrible, shitty divorce, I mean, the, look at this person who has a genuinely lovely relationship with their ex-husband and his girlfriend or look at this relationship where the child bounces between homes happily. Look at this relationship where they've built a business together after having a divorce, right? So, I'm collecting all of these stories to show that it's possible. So, putting expanders out into the world too. You now, I think I answered your question there, which is, well, what are the key themes that I see coming through? It's that that it has to be hard that somebody has to lose and that you better fight, otherwise you'll be the loser.
0: Do you think that the narrative is changing? I mean, obviously you're, you know, kind of in there championing and leading some of this change, but do you think in general that that is starting to change? Say even from kind of, you know, when you had your first divorce, do Mm. you feel like that's changing kind of socially? culturally?
1: Yes and no. So, what I think happens is we are starting to believe it's possible because we see that it's possible, right? Yeah. Even Gwyneth Poulter and Chris Martin, you know, the idea of having a conscious uncoupling, what the hell that changes the, the, the narrative <laughs> around it? But the minute things turn a little bit less than ideal, everybody goes back to that like, oh my god, they were right, it's going to be horrendous, this yeah. is ugly, and I think we still have work to do there. We yeah. still have work to do to to retrain. It's okay. We are There are going to be bad patches. Yeah. There will be, absolutely guaranteed. There will be bits where you want to fight. Yeah. And there are techniques to get through those, but that doesn't mean it's going to end up in an ugly way. Even at a societal level, you say, is it changing? Yes and no. I mean, I just saw how the media reacted to Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's Separation. I was like, stop, stop. You're making them out to be bad people. Let's give them some space. Let's let them figure it out. There is going to be ugliness and it can still be okay. Yeah. Right? There can still be those two things can live in conflict and and be true.
0: Yeah. And I guess again, it comes back to that, you know, those expectations and particularly with celebrities, right? You know, same with Hugh Jackman and Deborah Leaf. And, yeah. you know, I suppose yeah. many people just idealized the relationship that they had. But, you know, it's in the same way, right? Like we, even in just our regular relationships, there are going to be bad patches, let's face it. We will all have an argument here or there. But we don't talk about that necessarily or highlight it as a thing that goes with actually a very healthy relationship. So, therefore, why do we not talk about the good parts that can go with the separation side of things as well? Yeah, it's it's a real change that kinda has to happen. Definitely.
1: So we're making progress for sure. I look forward to the I look forward to the days where people in my community, I can celebrate them leaving because they no longer need that support. But like that's yeah. that's coming. It's I get that there's divorce parties, but I still feel like divorce parties typically have an ugly undertone to it. It's like, yes, I've washed that man away and he's horrendous and thank God he's not around. In fact I kind of want the Divorce is no longer a part of my story I'm not proud of. Yeah. I want to celebrate that bit, which is I'm okay. Like, yeah, I'm a divorced person, but my ex-husband's lovely and our children are healthy and let's celebrate. Let's have that divorce party. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) more of them. So, (laughs) and I mean, I think you've touched on this a little bit, but, you know, why do you think people, and I guess women in particular, kind of find themselves in that stuck place when they mm. need to end a relationship. Mm.
1: Because fear of the unknown, right? I think we've all felt that, which is I know what I know. We've heard the expression better the devil you know, right? And a certain level of discomfort is tolerable. And often we feel like, well, it only if it's tolerable, maybe it's not worth the challenges in order to get to amazing. I think fear of the unknown really holds us back in so many ways.
0: I guess, you know, it's complicated too, right? Particularly when there's children and other family members kind of, you know, involved in the whole situation too. So maybe it's that.
1: It's always complicated because yeah. there's the so- there's a societal pressure. There's presumably cultural pressures. All of us have them, whether you come from a, a religious background or a conservative culture. we But we all have them. I mean, my mum had said to me when I was leaving divorce number, like husband number one, she said, "You can't leave. Like you can't leave. You'll have no friends. She said, you know, you made this promise forever. and whatever language she was saying to me at the time, I wanted to listen because this is somebody who loves me and who I trust and whose support I needed. but I also had to just silence that and like I, I have to trust myself more, yeah, and then rebuild whatever you know, the repair that her and I needed to do later, but I needed to look after me.
0: Yeah. So in your work now, what sort of things do you teach or elements do you address with the clients that you work with to help them step through this process in a more positive way?
1: There's a couple of key things that we work on together. The first is processing the end of the marriage, like an understanding the emotional roller coaster and the emotions of forced change. So we've we've all heard of the, um, the cycle of grief right the seven stages of grief Incredibly that applies to forced change of any kind whether this was your intention to leave the marriage, whether it was your choice or not, actually all the stuff that goes with it is not your choice. So there are like there's a predictable emotional pattern that's going to happen and your ex-husband is going to be on a different journey but the more you can know about that, the more you can anticipate it and plan for it. So that's important. The second thing is understanding what your values are, right? So understanding what's important to you allows you to build good boundaries then to know what you are going to be able to accept, where your abilities to negotiate and navigate the new normal will sit. So your values are really important. And then something that I want my clients to really spend quite a lot of time on is visioning a positive future for themselves, what could that possibly look like? For example, they, they might only be able to look to the, the Christmas holidays, right? Or we might be looking five years down the line. But let's create a vision of a success that you can keep coming back to when something happens and you wonder how you can make a decision. Let me just play that out a minute. Like, let's say we're talking about a vision for success might be we can both go to the children's end of year parent-teacher conference and not get into an argument in front of anybody. Like that's that's an achievement for some couples. (laughs) Like that could be really good, right? And if that's your vision of success to get to that point, it will help you make decisions around do I respond to this text message and tell him I think he's a douche? Or do I just let this one slide? Because a week from now I'm gonna be in that room with the teacher and the children and I want it to be a peaceful environment. So maybe I need to let that slide. So You know, I gave you one example that's a very short-term example, but building up that vision of success is so important.
0: Yeah. And so your offer is that you, how you work with people, you've got a program and you work with people one-to-one as well. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yep. So there's a couple of different ways. One-to-one, the online program, which people can do without me. So, you know, watch these videos, learn all of the modules, take the hypnotherapy. It's quite beautiful. And then the community, which is yeah. which is different too. So by the time this episode comes out, I probably will have closed the launch, but it'll be by application only. So get in touch with me, DM if you think you might want to be
0: part of our community. Yeah, sounds lovely. So what do you wish existed more to support women in making decisions for themselves around their relationships other than your programs obviously <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I wish that for everybody know. Um,
1: I wish there were more people talking about their their journeys I guess and and allowing that expansion like I say for, you know allowing those models to exist Yeah but, it is possible to navigate some really tough stuff and have access to support through that and then build a beautiful life. And it's also possible for those two things happen at the same time. Yeah. So I want there to be more stories, more access to expanders and expansive thoughts and models.
0: Yeah. So do you still get stuck sometimes?
1: Yeah, of course. Definitely. I've built some reminders for myself on how to get out of it. Like I know one of the things I look at, I think, when I'm feeling stuck is, am I, am I embodying the behaviours of the best version of myself in order to be able to make good decisions here? And those behaviours, obviously, are things like, am I, am I being physically active? You know, am I eating well? Am I sleeping well? Am I taking time for myself? Am I spending some alone time? If all of those things are happening, then I'll be in a clearer position to be able to make decisions and not make them from fear. If I'm not getting enough sleep or I haven't worked out in a while or I'm feeling a bit, then my decisions are not going to be so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a good reminder, isn't it? That often it's recognizing that you're in that almost precursor to ending up a bit stalled or having some level of inertia on something and just reminding yourself what what might be something that can kind of just push you along a little bit or give you a little booster. And that self-care yeah. is super important, right? That, for sure. Because it's easy to deprioritize that in the mayhem <laughs> of for life sure. as well.
1: I also try to take the pressure off a little bit too, right? Mm. I, when it comes to making bigger decisions, maybe that's not especially relevant to
0: divorce, but for me
1: <laughs> I think like nothing has to be forever. Yeah. So if I make a decision to move house and it doesn't work out, it's it's possible for that to change or if we, you know, make a decision to change jobs, I'm not committing to something forever, so it's it's okay. Even in feeling stuck, that's not forever either. Yeah. So allowing myself to have some time with it and really allow myself to sit in it and go, "Alright, I'm not I'm not feeling great about this. Something's getting in my way. I'm getting in my way. Let's give it a moment. There's no urgency." Then yeah. I try to be a bit patient with myself too.
0: And I think that's such an important message because often that's exactly what does keep people stuck is they think, what if I make this change and I hate it? And it's like, well, then change it again. Change it again. <laughs> <Make> <laughs> so, another one. You know, it's not a full stop. It's just, it's just <laughs> another change, you know, but I get it because it can feel, you know, insurmountable or overwhelming in yes. that moment. And then you're thinking, well, what if I do that? And it's going to take all this effort and energy and commitment. And then i don't like what I've decided. So, you know, big decisions are typically the place where often we do get stuck, things like moving yeah. house and jobs and all those sorts of things. Yeah. So it's, a t- it's, it's genuinely a tough one. Before we finish up today, I'd love you to share one practical tip or step or action that you'd give someone if they told you they were feeling stuck today, whether it's actually to do with marriage or d- divorce or life generally or work or anything else.
1: I would want them to be kind to themselves above all else. I want you to find ways to take some pressure off yourself. I'm a big fan of boundaries. I'm also a big fan of delegation. So it's quite okay to ask other people to do some things to allow yourself to have some space. And I mean, even within your own home, my children do probably a lot more than most people's children do because mama's got other stuff that's more important even if it's just sitting outside having a gin and tonic watching the sunset i need some alone time yeah so you can do the dishes (laughs) so (laughs) i think it's bad have yeah be kind to yourself allow yourself to make yourself a priority and in order to do that you are going to work on boundaries and you're going to get good at delegation
0: yeah I love that too because, again, it's another thing, particularly for women because we're serving everybody else and that's another place you can feel stuck or trapped, right, because you haven't actually done that delegation or taken that time or that moment for yourself. To create those boundaries.
1: Do you know what? Brene Brown has this wonderful tool that I watched recently and she turns her ring three times before she answers a question about an obligation. And I think this is really handy, right? So her, her mantra on this is discomfort over resentment. So somebody might ask her, can you bake cookies for the bake sale? And her natural reaction would be like, yeah, absolutely. Of course I can. She might be a people pleaser or whatever it is. But before answering, she turns her ring three times and says, discomfort over resentment meaning I'm allowed to say no to this person and feel really uncomfortable about it rather than slaving over those stupid cookies that I don't want to do and not liking myself and not liking the other person and I just think that's a beautiful technique for putting that boundary in place which is you know actually I'm sorry I don't think I can find time for that yeah it's like I'm protecting myself by creating that boundary i Yeah. Love it.
0: And that, what's the other one? No is a full sentence. No is a full (laughs) sentence. But I, but I really like that because, you know, often we do an immediate thing to stop us feeling uncomfortable in the moment and then feel hugely uncomfortable. Because (laughs) because we've said it. So I love that. I hadn't heard that before, but I think it's such a great it's such a great one to share. So if you'd like to know more about Becca, you can head to do or connect with or follow her on Instagram. You can also find the Do Divorce Right podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And I'll include all of the links and Becca's contact details in the show notes. As Becca said, if you're interested in the next round of her program, it's by application. So send her a message Game or connect c- connect with her on Instagram. It's been so wonderful to talk to you today on this topic that really doesn't get enough air, doesn't get enough, you know, it's, it's not, not in a sp- good way. No. It's not <laughs> spoken about often enough. And yes, definitely not in a positive light. So thank you so much for sharing both your wisdom on this and your experiences. It's been wonderful. Yeah, my
1: pleasure. Thanks,
0: Helen. I feel like I've spoken too much, but <laughs>
1: thanks. I'm used to being the host, not the guest.
0: <laughs> not at all, not at all. You've been fantastic. <laughs> thanks, Helen. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Get Unstuck with Helen Thomas. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights to help you break free from whatever might be holding you back from creating a life you love. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and share with friends who might need a boost. Your support means the world to me. You can find out more about me at my website, HelenThomas.com.au, or connect with me on LinkedIn at Helen L. Thomas, or on Instagram at HelenThomasAU. Remember, feeling stuck is a feeling, not a fact, and the journey to getting unstuck is a shared one. Together we can create unstoppable momentum. Until next week, keep dreaming big, thinking differently and moving forward.